You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Triple Whale. I'm your host, Val Geisler. All right, welcome back to another episode of E-Commerce Marketing School. Today's guest professor is one that I have loved every conversation I've had with. I have learned so much from our guest professor, and I am very excited because they've had some really cool uh, opportunities lately. And actually, I won't call them opportunities. I'm sure they are like well fought, hard work, things that were created, right? Like we we create opportunities in in our our world. And so today, welcome to Brett Swenson from Kizik. I am so glad you're here. Thanks, Brett. No, thanks for having me. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I reached out, well, we've, we've talked a few times and, um, I love watching how Kizik is growing. I feel like I see Kizik everywhere now. Um, and maybe it's because I talk to you and then my phone knows I talk to you and gives me all the Kizik ads that that's the plan, right? I've just been a big fan of the way that you're going to market with the brand. So Kizik being a shoe company, we've, um, we've actually talked to a few shoe companies on the show. But you know, it's this unique place of like, in, in the same as really any apparel is it's not you're not a subscription, you're not running through shoes on a monthly basis, at least hopefully not, or there's something wrong with the product at that point, or you're like an ultra marathon barefoot runner. Um, I don't think anyone's running ultras in Kizik's though. So it, this is like weird blend between we people will repurchase, buy other styles, other colors, but you're not necessarily keeping like a regular cadence with customers. So you're constantly creating new opportunities for people to want to make those purchases. And something I've seen you do really well, and particularly lately, is brand collaborations. And I wanted to talk to you about that and have everyone here learn from what you've learned, maybe share like things that you found that haven't worked things that have worked really well. Because I think there's a lot of opportunity for brand collaborations from everything from like, hey, let me put a insert into your packaging, at, you know, like this, like, brand with a similar customer base, let me throw an insert into your package to a full on jet puff marshmallow shoe collaboration. You know, I think it's kind of everything in between. So where did collaborations kind of like start for you guys? And, and how has it grown since then? Yeah, uh, I think for us, as we've scaled the business, and like you mentioned, continue to look for opportunities where we can create new opportunities to to talk about the brand and, and the product um, with different audiences. Um, that, that's kind of been our mindset from from day one. For those that don't know, Kizik, we, we make hands-free footwear. So shoes that you can just step into and and uh, kind of get out the door. I think a lot of people early on, there's healthy, healthy skepticism of like what that means or is, or, oh, I already have slip-on shoes or, you know, whatever first comes to mind. And I think for us, it was, um, we, we just wanted to find ways where we could introduce um, and get in front of audiences that maybe um, have heard of us, but are still on the fence, or just have never heard about what we do, or or have a, a perspective on on Kizik that that's different. And so, I think collaborations can go in in a variety of forms. There's obviously ones that you've talked about that we'll hit on, which is you know specific brand collaborations. But I think influencers are basically their own brands um, nowadays. And so we've even gone down the path of working with influencers to create custom um, silhouettes or custom colorways that 
um, are, you know, they get to have a say in and, and can brand towards um, themselves. And that's been really a, a great learning experience for us because I think there's just a, there's a different connection that people have. We all know this, but with influencers versus, you know, maybe a larger brand where they feel like they're just, you know, a, a speck on the dot on their attention um, meter. And I think it, when, when you can get with influencers and work with them on, on creating a collaboration, there's something really special there that can come from it. And so um, we actually started down that path first where we're never going to be, you know, the Balenciagas of the world or, or high fashion. Um, that's not where we play. But one thing that we've learned from what they do really well and, and other brands, you know, Crocs does this really well is those collaborations with um, people that are culturally relevant and that are making noise you can um, leverage that attention and build together something that's that's really memorable and unique. Um, and so we that was our first thing is we actually there was a, a TikToker that we found a couple of years back that was just making a lot of noise. And it was kind of for these really just um, kind of silly out there videos, but we wanted to try something with him. And we actually created a custom shoe that was branded with his colors and even screen printed on on our insole and and he like strapped the our shoes to a wakeboard he jumped into them and then like went um wakeboarding obviously <laughs> that was something way out there for our shoes but like it was just a way for us to learn and figure out even the process to get the shoes um manufactured and and designed and, and back and then just see what happened with it and that was kind of our first step into it we've obviously learned a lot since then and and um and grown but but that was kind of our intent was just to to kind of get in front of um an audience um through a different avenue than where our bread and butter was well and that's interesting too because like we've talked to a few people about influencer relationships but really from a perspective of like how do i partner with influencers to promote the brand uh you know if we aren't running our own ads we're going to go out to influencers and they're going to pay them for their stories or their UGC or like lots of different opportunities there. But what you're talking about is kind of taking it to the next level because those influencers are essentially creating like a custom run. Maybe you only do a couple hundred of those shoes. So it's not only like as a as a viewer, as an audience member of that influencer, I'm like, okay, this influencer is saying I should get these shoes and I've bought other things that they've recommended and I, I like their stuff. So I'm probably going to get those. But the fact that now they're a custom colorway, that there's a limited edition, that they're, they have their signature, whatever it is, you know, that just adds to the like driver to purchase for a potentially unseen customer. Like you can have somebody see that once and make a purchase versus having to show up on their feet again and again, their avenues. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And I think for us, you know, there, there is that like drop culture that we, we never wanted to be that part of our brand is that we wanted to be really approachable and inclusive of, of a, a pretty wide audience. But there is something that we, we all know the scarcity mindset and, and what comes from limited editions. And, and it's fun. It's fun for us to create those moments um, where, you know, like you said, in other brands where they're, they're not launching something very frequently and, and creating that LTV and, and um, opportunity for people to come back. This just creates another moment in time where we can talk to people. And like you said, yeah, we may make a hundred of them. And quite frankly, most of the people are going to look at them and be like, that's cool, but I'm going to go buy the black one again, or I'm going to go, you know, buy an all white pair, but we're top of mind. And, and yeah, there's some cachet when we partner with the right people that, that puts us in a conversational space that 
uh, we weren't maybe otherwise in. So yeah, I think you make a great point. Really, any brand can learn from that and and take it and run. I mean, even consumables, if you sell loose leaf tea, and you're probably going to come up with a new blend of tea anyways. So why not partner with someone who can say like, yeah, I sign off on that rose hips tea. And uh, like, let's call it my, you know, we'll make it a special blend and work with the partner on it. That's really cool. And so influencers are like a, you have a little bit more control, do you think, uh, from a brand perspective, when it's an influencer versus partnering with another brand brand? Yeah, there's there's just a lot less red tape, usually, um, you know, depending on the size of, of influencers. Unless it's a Kardashian. <laughs> yeah. We haven't, we haven't gone that route yet, but yeah, there's just, you can move a little bit quicker. The jet puffed one you talked about, just, it took a while. It was over a year of working with, uh, you know, craft and, and, um, they just, there's a lot more things to think about. And like you said, yeah, red tape that we just have to get through. And so, yeah, it's just, it's a great way to test the, the bummer part about footwear is, is footwear takes a long time too to, to make and design. And, and it's not as flexible as maybe those that can, that have manufacturing in house and, and, um, you know, opportunities to turn around within 30 days where we're quite a bit, um, longer lead times than that. But, but yeah, it, it's, um, it allowed us to, to kind of test and learn there. And then, um, yeah, maybe we can talk about the jet puffed a little bit. That was such a fun uh, collaboration. Um, it did take us a long time and it actually started with our designer. Um, he had this, this idea, um, he had a silhouette in mind and, and right now it's actually out. It's called our Mars Roamer. And it was meant to kind of be this puffy, you know, quilted upper, really cozy um, shoe for the fall and winter. And um, so he sketched it up and it kind of morphed into this idea of, hey, this looks kind of like a marshmallow. And what if we, uh, one of the early prototypes we have actually is there's a bunch of like marshmallows glued to the bottom of this thing. Like a, and it like was the tread. just to kind of, yeah, just to kind of see like, hey, what if we created something that was so outlandish that it looked like you were walking on marshmallows and then it just kind of triggered this idea of like well let's go let's go talk to a marshmallow company and um, and it, it just it was cold outreach and uh, reached out to jet puffed and and pitched them the idea and um it just it, it took off and and then we went all in on on the experience and so um that was just a, a really fun one to work on and to be able to work with a, a really big brand um and and something just unexpected right that was something that was really important to us is we didn't want to just go necessarily out with you know the the status quo with a collaboration we wanted to make noise from an earned media standpoint and um create our, our goal was to get on hype beast and you know try and play in some of those sneaker culture places and, and we got some really great coverage and and um yeah, but it was again a similar approach to where it was limited quantities. Um, it was very tactical on when we launched it. We launched it on National S'mores Day, which so that if you, I don't think it's on our website still, but the shoe actually looks like a toasted marshmallow. Uh, so it was all really strategically planned so that we could get the most you know media attention as possible, and it actually outperformed um, our expectations even from a sales velocity standpoint. So yeah, that one was was really fun. There's two things. One is it drove traffic, obviously, but did you see purchases of other shoes coming off of that landing page in ad in addition to those Jet Puff shoes, or was that like the big seller that day? Yeah, that's what we first uh, we anticipated it to be that way, where we drive people and they just be you know, Hey, that's a cool looking shoe. Um, but let me go again, let me go buy the more neutral color or safer style. But we actually drove more of our purchases that day from, from the landing page went directly and people were so into the jet puffed and limited again, it was a limited edition and we positioned it as, Hey, 
it's it's here today, gone tomorrow. And um, and the one thing that was great about it that we would hope for, but didn't know if it would resonate, was we really wanted to position this towards a younger audience. So you know, traditionally we serve. 35 to 45 year olds is kind of our sweet spot. We really wanted to see if we could go into the 25 and we didn't want to go after, you know, 16 year olds, but like that, the, the sneaker culture where people have some discretionary income and they're looking for unique opportunities to buy footwear. And that's what we saw. We saw a lot of people both on our, you know, in our analytics and what we, we saw there. And then also just people that we talked to. I mean, I got 30 messages that day from people you know, that were, you know, mid twenties to, to thirties that were saying, that's the cool issue. I have to have it, but my size is out or whatever it was. And so it, it really just, it gave us the confidence to know that, you know, we, we designed for it, we positioned it that way. And, and it really resonated with that audience. Well, and what's you, you mentioned that, you know, it was a unique uh, partnership in that you were going to a marshmallow company, but it probably was also the reason you got it on a cold email was probably also because it was a unique partnership for them. Like they probably have every chocolate company coming to them wanting to do some kind of partnership. But how many shoe companies are contacting Jet Puff Marshmallows asking for a partnership? So like, it's an intriguing partnership for them too. So kind of thinking through like how if it's going to be interesting for us, it is, is it also an interesting thing for them? One of the things that I would love for you to share a little bit about is like how these partnerships are informing, we're moving into Black Friday, you know, holiday season. Obviously, this partnerships throughout the year have been like a land grab for new customers, reaching new audiences. Do you pull all those people into like your main database and message them the same as everybody else for holiday? Or how, how does the strategy change for those partnerships? Yeah, um, I think in general, just just as we speak about prepping for Black Friday, one of the the things that's so top of mind for us is just building as much awareness as possible. I mean, just on the tactical side, you know, we want to create an audience that's big enough that we can serve ads and and message those people without exhausting you know our reach and you know our frequency and and kind of birding out um, through frequency caps. And so that was kind of when we started with with our approach with with even Jet, Jet Puffed and, and others that we're doing now is just to create as the widest possible or biggest net that we can so we can we can message those people come Black Friday and Cyber Monday and uh, we have as as everyone does you know massive goals for Q4 and and that's that's our Super Bowl and so um, that was really critical for us is the you know the noise that we're making now just propels us into those holiday moments. And then, yeah, to your question, um, it, it does give us a different opportunity. Those people all come in and are tagged and are treated um, differently than kind of our core consumer that may come in on one of our um, evergreen videos or touch points or, or someone that, you know, we have specialty audiences. Um, we service a lot of people that just simply can't bend over and tie their shoes. So kind of the needs-based community. And we message those people very differently and with a different tone. And so, yeah, we're still getting better at that. We're not perfect at our segmentation. And and uh, it takes a lot of creative bandwidth to support a lot of different revenue streams and audience uh, personas. But um, we do look at those people differently. And we actually, we did a, another partnership with a gaming. It's called Evo. Uh, they're one of the largest gaming esports companies out there. And they actually approached us as being fans of the brand. And um, we're able to to do like an SMS opt-in through their streaming. And we went to Vegas and we're present there. And and those people, again, if you can imagine the gaming audience, they're predominantly male, they're of a certain age. And um, and so we, we brought those those people in through a, a 
a custom landing page and a custom SMS flow that got treated very differently. And, and so, yeah, those people all, um, the, the great thing about Kizik though, is everyone buys shoes. We have something for everyone. So we don't, we don't have to treat them so specifically that we have to send them to a specific product um, to get them to buy, but just kind of to need to educate them about the brand, maybe in a, a different tone of voice or a little bit more, uh, especially over SMS, you know, the, the communication efforts there are a little bit different. So that, that's kind of how we look at it and how we're trying to, to kind of distinctly message those people um, to prep them for, for the holidays as well. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a running theme on this show of every guest professor we've had is talking about like very clear segmentation across holidays of, you know, and everyone's talking about it in different ways. And what I think is really interesting here is that you have the opportunity to like call back to that original experience they had. So whether it was recently with Jet Puffed in the fall, or if it was, you know, someone a year ago, they have that memory of the the way that they came in to ex- experience the brand for the first time and you can you can reference that you can use certain language you can use imagery that came out of that campaign um you know you can bring you could bring that influencer back into a holiday campaign if you wanted to and i think it's really it's it's a great opportunity for unique messaging in in the holidays when you really need to stand out uh with all the noise and the one thing i want to ask before i let you go brat is do you think uh, it's you know end of september right now when we're talking Talking. Do you feel like it's for anyone who's going like, oh, man, I would love to have done a partnership and gotten those extra leads coming into the holidays? Do you think it's too late at this point for brands who are wondering if they can do it now? Do they need to start thinking about next year, which is totally fine, too? Like, is there an opportunity that someone could hit on real quick and make some headway? Yeah, I think it it comes down to the product, right? Again, for us, we couldn't do it right now because the time from ideation to getting an actual uh, our product, it, it we just wouldn't hit it. But if you have the ability to design and, and put something together within 30 days, I think there's there's still time. And, and the awesome thing about collaborations like this through your product is it it doesn't. A lot of people are really um, flattered by the fact that, or maybe flattered is not the right word, but there, there's kind of an ego boost when someone has their particular brand or they they have input on creating a product that that feels really custom to them. They there's that the law of reciprocity kind of in there too, where they feel like they need to go out and talk about it because they're they're so attached to it. So I think if you could create something and get it out um, in the wild, you know in October, I think there's still, there's still time to do that, but you'd probably have to own your, your manufacturing process and, and, um, do a speedy, but yeah, there's the point being is there's a lot of people that I think would, that are more approachable than you think by just doing some outreach and saying, Hey, we admire you. We want to do something custom for you and, and together. And, and, uh, you'd be surprised at, at the responses that you get. I mean, our imaginary tea brand could have a holiday blend and do a partnership with somebody even during the holidays. It's like this is our, you know, as a gift item. So I think there's still partnership opportunities throughout the rest of this year, even if it means like you're driving audience coming in as holidays are happening. That's okay Um, because then you can then you have all of next year to build with that with that new customer base. Um, yeah, Brett, I really, I could talk to you for hours. Uh, I'm, we got to cut it off. It's a short show. Uh, we want to let people go and go implement these things, go start their partnership conversations. So, um, if people have questions, want to talk to you more, um, how can they find you and where can they learn more from you? I lurk on Twitter a lot, part of the BBC community there or LinkedIn. I'm, I'm just, yeah, usually at Brett Swenson. So, um, yeah, please reach out happy to chat through and, and share anything that we've learned. Thanks for teaching us today, Brett. 
All right, class, make sure you're subscribed to e-commerce marketing school and huge favor. If you hear an episode you love, please take two minutes to leave a review with privy. Anyone can be a marketer, simple, intuitive email and SMS marketing that drives real results without the complexity. And before I go, a special shout out to triple whale e-commerce marketing school is now part of the triple whale podcast network. Triple Whale helps you easily manage and automate analytics, attribution, merchandising, forecasting, and more in the palm of your hand. Check them out by scheduling a demo today.